HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. All right, everybody. Welcome, everybody, to the show Life's a Banquet, the show that's edible, spreadable, and Zara. Horrible. Starring your hosts, me, Brenton Scott, and me, Zara Tangora. A show about ostrich and wine and dough. <laughs> I'm drunk. <laughs> Always. Life's a banquet, life's a banquet, life's a banquet, banquet. Welcome to Life's a Banquet, the podcast about the highs and lows of all things edible, spreadable, and pourable. Starring your hosts, Bretton Scott and Zara Tangora. Zara, you must have missed us. It is almost Halloween. Oh, Hallow's Eve is upon us. Oh, yeah. Spooky. I'm staring out of. Ah! Oh, oh my god. god! Oh god! I thought those were real ghosts for a second. No, it was just an entire brownstone stoop uh, laced in fake cobwebs. Ooh. And let me tell you something, everybody, if you're listening, make tell sure us. you do those cobwebs. Take an extra 15 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. Really, Google some image. In fact, it's so easy nowadays. Yeah, the computer. It's the at computer, everyone's fingertips, huh? We all have handheld computers. The internet. We walk around tiny thousand dollar computers mm-hmm. in our back pocket there's no excuse for poorly placed so cobwebs. just I'll tell uh, you that. google google how to put up uh spider webs absolutely I don't in fact, turn this up. podcast off right now we're not going to say anything interesting anyway and just figure it out well zara got uh, zara got back from rome i was roaming i was in spain zara was in italy we just don't have time for this country anymore we're just busy busy people full of busy lives tell us okay so Rome was awesome. Before I left for Rome, in I had a, 30 words or less. Uh, Rome was <laughs> awesome. Pasta, pizza, primavera. <laughs> Pasta, pizza, no, primavera. I... Pumpkin, pumpkin, pumpkin. Um, <laughs> that's my song about Rome. <laughs> that's okay. uh, I really loved it. Before I left, a couple folks who I chatted with were like, oh, I don't really love Rome. Rome's pasha, not my favorite. Pasha. You were staying for too long. I went for like eight days total. Oh and gosh. so, oh sorry, I think, that was like, I'm digging into my chocolate. I'm like, let's go ahead, go ahead. I'm like a- the person at the theater, like, go ahead, I'm listening. It's ASMR. You can. I'm free. listening, hundred percent. Yeah, totally. Um. So anyway, I loved it. I was just really taken aback. I've been to Italy many times. Um. 
but mostly in the country. I haven't like uh, been to yes. that many cities. I've been to like Bologna and Palermo, okay. Catania. Um, but I loved Rome. I ate my heart out. I traveled alone. What I realized mostly when I was in Rome, besides yes, tell the us fact about that traveling solo. Okay, traveling solo. I've traveled with many boyfriends before, mm, and yep. always been miserable. Like okay. not miserable. Like I've had great times, but like in retrospect, when compared to traveling alone, I'm like. Oh man, that was super awkward. I've decided I will only travel alone You're, to major cities from now on. It really is. I mean, Preston and I travel a lot together, and for the we get along, and he actually finds really cool stuff. And you can say whatever you want. He doesn't listen to this podcast. Every time we go, he's just <laughs> driving me up the wall. No, just kidding. Okay, everybody, everybody, just, just calm down. Yeah. No, we have we had a really good time, but there is it's very different. It's there, different. I yeah. used to tr- only travel alone. Yeah. And the one thing that I did kind of miss is when you can go and have a fun restaurant experience. Only thing I missed out on was food. And you kind of can like walk. There's something weird too. I feel more confident when I'm with somebody else. Like let's pop our head in here. And sometimes when I'm alone, I'm like. I feel opposite because I don't, the awkwardness of being like, well, what do you think? Should we eat here? Should we do this? You know what I mean? For me, like I just popped into places. I did everything I wanted. And I was like, kept reminding myself every time I felt shame that none of these people that I'm seeing will ever, ever see me ever again. In that life. is ex- except when our heads are on every screen because oh, life's yes. a banquet podcast is going viral folks. Absolutely. So I ate a ton of food. I had all the Roman classics, mm-hmm. the Amatriciana, yep. Joey Pepe. Did you have Puntarelli? I did. I had Puntarelli, the salad with the... Oh the, my God, with anchovy, Okay, lemon. so Puntarelli, if you... What I'm is sh- it anyway, exactly? It's in the chicory family. It's like a chicory, but then it's also kind of like celery. Okay, it's lettuce. For the Let's just talk about it. It's a salad. But it's, it's a hard. Green. Mm-hmm. It's, it's harder hard, than yeah. lettuce. It's hard. Harder than Much lettuce, harder but I do. Lettuce. Who doesn't love a puntarelli? The name puntarelli just sounds. It uh, sounds yeah, like, like ladies and gentlemen, punta. prepare the puntarelli. Like, oh God, it's good. Oh. It's hard to describe. It's very curly. Uh, it has a lot of. Uh, I think there's something. The translation. I should know this. I think something the translation because it all comes shoots out. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Isn't like, punta bitch? That's punta Spanish. and really is like really bitch. It's like, really bitch, you're yeah. gonna eat this punta really. It was very good. I had it with like uh, anchovies and <laughs> lots <dumbest> of lemon. <laughs> yeah. So that's how we'll always remember this now. Really, bitch salad. It was good. I was really good. Um, I think the best thing I ate is at a restaurant that you recommended oh, that I go to. Oh my goodness! I I was just paging. What through- is it called? La- well, I Tabernaccia. was paging through my vision book, which is right here. Uh huh. Yes. It's my goals, hopes, oh, it's aspirations. Leather bound. Yeah, I got it at a thrift store. You're I was pure class. You know that Breton Scott. <laughs> Pure antique. class. So I was looking and I had the copy of the menu, which <gasps> I can't find. But oh the first God. time I went there and it was 60 euros. Yeah. So and this is going to be our chef recommends this week. Is yeah. If you're in Rome or not in Rome, you should buy a plane ticket to go to Rome. You should. It's great. And it's called La Tavernaccia. Yeah. It's the da, best. Da Bruna. Da Bruna. Da Bruna. Yeah. It was really great. That and uh, Ruscoli was incredible. I spent my 40th birthday there. Yeah. When I had my 40th birthday was I had lunch in Nice. We had mussels and Pardon uh, all of us. And, mussels and Luini. And then we got on a flight. Oh, really? Flew 55 minutes to Rome and I had a Mucciano for dinner. It was. Dude. The 40th birthday of to be at all 40th two birthdays. pasta days and are I the remember best days. I said I planned it and it, you know there was a little bit of stress like traveling we missed yes. the train blah 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 but 
I planned it as such, and I th- I started to get down on myself before forty. Not to like cut your Rome story off, but oh no, I that's was like, fine. Yeah. So anyway, about me. <laughs> Go so, ahead. Listen, everybody. I have a great story. Anyway, sounds like you had a lovely time, Zara. And so. I, and I was, I beat myself up for being, I was like, how come I'm not one of those people that had like 30 of their best friends and I could pay for dinner at like Stone Barn or oh, something, right? No, and I, thank you. And I said, listen, I'm going to do the best I can. And that's what 40 is about. Yeah. And now I'm approaching 50. Just kidding. Yeah. And now on your 50th. Okay. So tell me, let's talk about Guanciale. Let's talk about it. Okay, so I actually, well, let's, for anyone who doesn't know, guantali is a cured pork jowl. And a cheek, it, yep. Yeah, it has the, the cheek, same the kind face, of. whatever you want to call it. Yeah, pork face. And, uh, which is, uh, incidentally, Donald Trump's new insult for me. What? Pork what? face. Oh, pork I'm face? I'm just kidding. Oh. You heard about how he called Stormy Daniels horse face? Oh, yes, yeah. of course. Very mature. Mm-hmm. Real class act. Classy, classy guy leading <laughs> classy this country. Classy guy through and through. Shits on a gold toilet, calls women horse yeah, yeah. face. Anyway, um, so guanciale is pig, uh, pork jowl, pork face, mm-hmm. and it's cured. And, you know, I mean, the closest thing we have in America, I guess, is bacon, although bacon is smoked. So bacon not is that smoked. Guanciale is not smoked. It has a little bit more fat. You can render it slowly, or yeah. it has a little bit more of a gamey, full, Delicious. rich. The best. The mouth. The best the of, all the cu- of all the uh, cured uh cured I mean, meats. you know how you sometimes do a bacon salad or, you know, on a, a blue cheese salad? A ba- <laughs> you, know, like, you know how you do you it? You replace all the lettuce with bacon? <laughs> yes, I it's, do. Remember my 1968 book? <laughs> it's a bacon salad. Brenton's bacon salad. Uh, four pounds of bacon, <laughs> rendered slowly. Chives. Of, yeah. Mix with a little mustard and vinegar and place on plate. <laughs> That's the recipe for the week, by the way. <laughs> okay, so what else? So guanciale. Yeah, so, yeah. Uh, well, anyway, so talking about guanciale, it is in everything in Rome. Basically, uh-huh. every pasta that's like the famous Roman pastas of al Grecia, which is basically cacio e pepe with, with guanciale. guanciale. So cheese, black pepper, like emulsified with water. And then only. it gets that and then fat in there, so it kind of tastes buttery or something. Unbelievable. It's unbelievable. It's the best pasta I've ever had. The one I had at La Tavernaccia. The best Tavernaccia. pasta you've ever had. It was the best. That was the single best pasta at Taverna- Tavernaccia. Ta- La Tavernaccia, yeah. That was the best pasta I ever had. Uh, it blew my mind. Um, Carbonara has guantale, and so does Amatriciana. Mm-hmm. So those are three out of the four famous pastas from Rome have, have, have guantale. So I'm, I'm trying to find my receipt. because. Oh, man. It was delicious. Um, what else did I have? I had a lot of pizza. Um, the whole pies that I had, like when you sit down and get like a whole pizza, mm-hmm, very mm-hmm. similar to Neapolitan in the way, I mean, and I'm probably going to get a lot of backlash from this. They're obviously larger and they're thinner and crispier, but they yes. do have that chewy, delicious they do. I, Roman pizza, I think is under, it's actually my favorite type It's amazing. Of- but then they have the Roman pizza that's like the sheet pizza to go, which is totally different. And that's like cracker, crunchy crust. They snip it either with scissors or with a big like hatchet. Oh my god! Look, I'm looking at the receipt Let's, of La Tavernaccia. This is from 2016. What did you have? Um, we had tagliolino, uh, cingale. Is that how you pronounce it? Cing- yeah, cingale. cingale. It's like boar, right? Rigatoni matriciana. Uh, we had maialino, which is that. Oh, oh my god, the they, suckling pig. The suckling pig. They have crispy skin. It will change your life. Oh my god! Forever. I can't wait to go back to Rome. We got to go together. When Preston. Preston was somewhere and his and he was talking to this girl yeah. about her Rome trip and it turns out it was Danny Myers. Oh, you told me that. And she gave you the she, list. She gave us the list yeah. or something or I don't know if it was his client or something. Um anyway, so 
uh, I'm looking at the list here. Yeah. A half liter of Rosso, which is mm-hmm. wine. Their wine list also is amazing. I, I, we got the house wine. Okay. I drank a bottle of first the first night of Walter Mouse's 100% Tima Rosso. Mm-hmm. And then uh, the second time I went, I went twice. I got a bottle of Ariano Kipenti SP68 white. We love those wines. It's delicious. And I picked the wine for the tables next to me because <laughs> they both heard that I was American. Anyway, what is that? So that's what you oh, had. No, the wine was four euros for a half liter. It's amazing. That a place half is liter. The, the best. It's absolutely the best. It's, uh, I followed all, a lot of Katie Parla's recommendations. Yes. She has wonderful recommendations. Really, really good. And the other place that I absolutely love. I mean, I can't say the other place. I absolutely Ross Goley, Amazing. Um, and I loved for pizza. Pizzerinum was amazing oh, by the yes, Vatican. Of course. It was, I've heard really good things. Oh about my that. God. Mind blowing. Delicious. Well, I am getting so hungry. Yeah. What's I up just, with you? What have you been doing? Well, I had, uh, I did some food styling. Oh, cool. That was last week. So that was for a video I'm shoot. And I, yeah, I can't say who it was because I signed uh, an NDA. Perfect. But it was fabulous and it was a lot of fun and we cooked a lot and, made things look really pretty uh and that was really cool that's amazing and it was really fun to watch this guy work he was a person and he you know he was being shot a human man he was a human man cooking live on a video camera live it was fun he was great and um it was a lot of fun cool and so then that was like wiped out from cooking i was like i do not want you know what sometimes when you cook an event if you've ever like when we do catering parties and Mm -hmm. then the three days after all i i can only i just can't get myself to get back into cooking no and you just want to like, also, sometimes you're so exhausted. Like when I, all I want to do is just like go somewhere and be like taken care of and like have mm-hmm. some wine and like a Totally. But then suddenly two, three days later, so then I'm like, all right, let's rip this, sh- let's rip it out. And then you're kind of in work mode and yeah. you're like, okay, I'm going to make the soup. I was like, I'm going to get this done. So I made a bunch of bean soups this week. Oh, God damn bean it. Bean soups, frozen. I made stuff cabbage. Stuffed cabbage rolls. <gasps> made those. And I cut, you know what? I decided to, I did find a little quart of tomato sauce in the freezer that that it was dated august 16th okay so i was like you know what let me use this up i use fresh tomatoes i made it pseudo sweet and sour not not super no i just put some sherry vinegar in okay and some bread you know what i mean it was it was pretty mild yeah um rice i did uncooked rice oh how did it work out perfect yeah it usually is fine like i I kind of am like now i'm just just skip the cooking the rice step yeah it goes either way sometimes if you have leftover rice it's yeah, like hit me up on Instagram in. if you want to know my recipe because I did write it down because I thought it was very delicious. I'm sure it was great. When I make it in the winter time, like in the dead of winter, mm-hmm. when it's, I really like, and my family like makes it sweet and sour, mm-hmm. I throw in candy ginger okay. and I also throw in ginger snaps and uh, prunes. Yes, I've, okay. I'm gonna try, I'm gonna try yours. Yeah, it's, I, it's great. All different kinds of ways. I turned over a new leaf. I've turned what over a new that? leaf while you were gone, and I decided I started listening to positive affirmations. Okay. And it really changed everything. Yeah, you're glowing. I'm glowing. And you can sign up for $59 a month. You can just join my new... Just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) I will tell you how to be fabulous. I've decided that I need to show the world. Sell yourself, man. Yeah, yeah. So for just $49.99 on the website called You Can See It All. (laughs) Or something. There's like something that male models do. Only fans. Oh, really? Nude photos. All male models? I don't know. Even Fabio? I don't know. Maybe. Can we, can we take a really sharp left turn here for a second yes. and just discuss the time when Fabio got hit in the face? We always talk about by this. By a goose. Available together. On a, mm-hmm. We haven't. If people pay for your class, will you oh tell them gosh. more well, about it? I'll have a slideshow presentation 
Well, and he has pictures of it because it was on the roller coaster, and the you know how the roller coaster snaps pictures. Yeah, <laughs> like, it's the most. Also, it was being covered by a film crew because it was like an event. Oh, that's right. So he Maybe was, that's what, okay. he's with a bunch of women who are like dressed in German like garb, and uh, I watched it very recently. Um, the goose. You mm-hmm. don't see it make impact with his face, but what does happen, which I didn't know beforehand, is that when the goose hits its face, hit it mm-hmm. being him, mm-hmm. Fabio, the man, but hits the when face. The when, goose... the goose... <laughs> when the goose hits the face, <laughs> the... she places the lotion in the basket. <laughs> <laughs> when the goose hits the face, it shits, and the goose shit goes on all of the fucking women behind him that are dressed as like German, you know, models and like oh, wow, whatever. I missed that part. No, no, more stuff happens. Then they barf because they're covered in like Damn goose. It, I'm opening this chocolate. They're, just open it. You just keep, don't just stare at it, eat it. Oh. So uh, anyway, now they're not only covered in goose blood, Fabio blood and goose shit, but then also their own barf. And Fabio was very upset. And I think he broke his nose on that goose. That's Go so watch crazy. It. Yeah, it's the most. Insane. I just realized that I'm, we're supposed to be recording live today. Yeah. With minimal efforts. And I decided to take a bite of chocolate. That's okay. It's an ASMR. Spe- I'm mm. going to have another bite of your well, chocolate. Well, okay. Wait, did you- so okay. I was thinking, what's trending? What's going on in the food world? Is I was thinking, okay. I was, at the mar- things? I was at the farmer's market today. Thought I'd lost my phone. Had a crazy day. Mm. Couldn't find any broccoli. Lots of celery. There's no broccoli. S- no broccoli. Well, there was some broccoli. People, they're like, ah, oh, sold out the first hour. Oh, wow. I was like, no wonder. Preston's always, I'm always like, oh, in the morning, I was like, Look, we have to go. We have to get mm-hmm. there. We have to go to this. And Preston's like, relax. You're so tight. I said, no, this is the way New York is. If you don't do it, you're going to miss out. And the early bird Absolutely. gets the worm. Yeah, and also gets or, the broccoli and eucalyptus. Early bird gets the eucalyptus. Early bird gets the broccolini, mm-hmm. the perfect one, the one with a nice little flat. Like, yeah, that's what the early bird gets. Absolutely, the late bird might get like, oh, you know, throw an extra apple like at the end of the day. Like, yeah, the late bird gets like a gnarly looking like squash. Yeah, can you hurry up and pick those chilies that we gotta pack up? The early bird gets the butt shaped and boob and dick shaped things mm-hmm. all the comical genital vegetables i heard some overheard some chefs talking about getting ready for persimmon pudding how dare they mm-hmm. already i just kind of feel like it's pushing it it's absolutely season pushing also persimmons no thank you they're very tannic i can't even i don't even you know what i don't know how to cook a persimmon i'm gonna admit it right now every time i've messed with persimmons yeah, you make it into like a pudding cake yeah but how do you get rid of the please somebody send an email to us about persimmons and getting the tannins out there I was a thanksgiving a couple years ago where uh, there was this guy, and he had Thanksgiving down the street, and some chef, he made a persimmon pavlova. Persimmon pavlova, <laughs> and it was very delicious. It really rolls off the tongue. Mm-hmm. Kind of like a, like a pawpaw. Oh, my gosh. I have something for you. Excuse me? We're going to do something live. Wow. A carver jack-o'-lantern? A, no, even better. We're going to cut open a pawpaw. That's awesome. So we're going to perform surgery live here Whoa, on Life's a Bank of the Podcast. fabulous. That's incredible. I forgot to tell you, when Zara was gone, I used her car, and I went up to Huntington. We have to talk about this. Out to Huntington. Huntington. And Preston and I were like, let's just go to the city. That's we, where that's my Zara's... parents live, P.S. It's in Long Island. Mm-hmm. And so Zara's like, yeah, use the car, whatever. So I go. We, you know, It's like a super quick drive. Yeah. So beautiful. And we went to Holiday House, the thrift shop. Great. And then... We picked walnuts. We met the woman in the thrift shop. She's like, well, you got to go over there. She's like, go around Great Neck Road. If you hit the walnut, you go on too far. <laughs> like, she's like, they have some really nice Aww. black walnut trees. She's like, they're in very good shape. Trust me. That's like, I awesome. Used, she's like telling us the thing. And sure enough, we go around the bend. 
and found the most beautiful black walnuts, which are still in, They're in still the back in my of car. I noticed. I was yeah. like, what the hell's going on back so here? So if you remember back to our nut episode, I gave a brief history of what to do with black walnuts. They mm-hmm. fall all over the ground right now. They smell wonderful, but don't touch them because your hands will be stained orange. And then you have to let them dry out, I think, for a couple months. It's something ridiculous like yeah. that. We live in New York. Out of my 190 square feet of available sp- walking space in my apartment, yeah. I'm not going to devote two of those feet. But I am. I'm going to do it. Do you, are you trying to ask me right now if you can dry the walnuts at my house? Maybe. I know you have that nice storage <laughs> unit on the top. It, yeah. it wouldn't be too long. Just a couple months. And by Thanksgiving, I'll have some of my cookies. That's totally fine. I'm I'm happy to do it. But I'm okay. going to need in writing that I get to have a cookie because something you you guys might and not I really know out there, Brett never, ever, ever gives me any of his delicious food. I also want you to, I need to be held ac- accountable to, so that I complete this project. Okay. Because Zara knows me. I start a lot of projects. Yeah. I have like the Einstein thing where. Like, yeah, you're or basically they, no, Einstein. I, ha- yeah. I have the Leonardo, Leonardo da Vinci thing where I start all these projects, but I need people to finish them before me. <laughs> it's true oh who is that over there is that leonardo da vinci oh my god he looks just like him have you seen my inventions for my futuristic helicopter I just... <laughs> oh also i've created a violin you just need to <laughs> anyway so holy shit that's funny so listen and then i let's see today i was just thinking about black walnuts and pumpkins mm. i saw something for pumpkin spice hummus give me a Kids, you've gone too far. Are you kidding me? I'm leaving America for good. Took advantage of the pumpkin spice latte. Pumpkin spice hummus? Pumpkin spice hummus. Give me a break. Give me a break. Also, I'm extremely like you know, into being creative. I remember one year at Brucey, uh, we always used to do a pig's head special when we get in a whole pig, so we would like do the pig's head for like a group. And one year we did pumpkin spice latte pig's head. Oh, yeah. That, see, that, okay. It was funny. That's fun. And it was like, you know, had pumpkin spices on it, um, which are like nutmeg, allspice, cloves, whatever. We like, uh, like cured it in that basically um, and then roasted it. And then we served it with some kind of like, I don't know, Jameson cream something. Oh, my God. That sounds lovely. And it lovely. came with a, like we served it with shots of Jameson. Oh my god, that sounds fun! I forgot to it tell you what, what the first cold day last week. I mulled some cider, oh, which goodness. we're doing right now, <gasps> right in my kitchen. Mulled cider, a bunch of you know, you were just said all those warm spices. Mm-hmm. So if you want to mulled cider at home or, or red wine or something, yeah. or make pumpkin spice, go ahead. Just put you know, you need the nutmeg. Absolutely, I didn't put nutmeg in my cider because oh. I just don't. I couldn't find it. You know what? Too much nutmeg can be lethal. Yeah, be careful. Yeah, and don't have said it a with, cup of nutmeg. And so I mulled some cider and I put some quinces in them. Ooh. And so I let that cook down and I cooked down the, I cooked it down for a full day. Oh my God. Fridged it overnight, reheated the next day, had my friend Maya over. We had, I happened to get a bottle of uh, 151 rum from the, oh. floor. they had it left over. So I poured that and flambéed it. And I served my what friend Maya flambéed cider and she's like, you are such you're amazing <laughs> sorry we can't say those words you can say it because you're gay i'm not don't say that word it's it's a reclamation word and it's okay children if you've heard that it's fine it's a fabulous word okay are we gonna get down brass tacks i think we should so today guys our topic for today is halloween because so instead of actually doing stories brenton and i are just going to read the raven mm-hmm. okay it was a cold night <laughs> yeah um do you want to start or should i start well i was it doesn't matter i mean okay we're gonna you do know what? highs and lows high, no. okay fine i'm doing the high this week so, so i'll go last you are doing the low so you go first mm-hmm. 
as I swallow this chocolate, uh huh, I am reminded suddenly of my topic. Really? And it was weird that it kind of rhymed like that. It is weird. <laughs> uh, hopefully you rhymed the rest of it. Topic. That's a cheap rhyme. Chocolate so check topic. this out. So I'm eating some dark chocolate. Oh, and I just happen to have a spoonful of peanut butter. What the hell? I'm... Did you do this on purpose? No. I'm actually trying to lose uh, 15 pounds. <laughs> By eating a whole jar of peanut butter and a brick of chocolate. Shh. Listen, we all have our problems. Okay, <laughs> let me work on mine. I want to lose 15 pounds. <laughs> cutting the fat. I'm thinking about chocolate. I'm thinking about peanut butter. You think about Halloween. What are the colors of Halloween? Orange and blue. <laughs> let's <laughs> let's take this podcast seriously. Let's try this again, Zara. Okay. What are the <laughs> what are the colors of Halloween for our listeners? Black and orange. <laughs> Okay, <laughs> black but, and orange. Basically, black and orange is the color of chocolate and peanut butter. Yeah, and also the color of a tiger. If you're on acid. <laughs> <laughs> if you're on acid, that's the color that I see. And by the way, there's actually no true way to tell if we're seeing the same colors. We don't know that. So That's true. Anyway, so I think of orange and black, chocolate and peanut butter, right? Mm-hmm. They're basically the same. It's like the pumpkin color. That's why pumpkin. That's why pumpkin spice sold because it was orange and black. They were like pumpkin spice with black coffee. I mean, that's it's very smart. No brainer, no brainer. Marketing. Go ahead. You can pay me later. <laughs> I, I consult. <laughs> side side hustle is consulting for a, big pumpkin. Uh, I call it. I'm calling myself <clears throat> a professional vibologist. <laughs> like just, oh I'll tell God. you the vibe of your whole company. Okay, good. So anyway, so I was thinking about this. Mm-hmm. and I was thinking about chocolate and peanut butter cups, and I thought, oh, my God, I love Reese's. That is That actually it's makes me think of Halloween. And this 100% Reese's peanut butter, Reese's peanut butter cups and mm-hmm. Reese's pieces. P- pieces. But I'm, I'm more of a, I'm like a diehard Reese's peanut butter cup. Me too. And I love the seasonal little packaging you get. Love it. So that, quite a, quite a fascinating story about. Please. The, well, so first of all, who invented peanuts, peanut butter? God. Uh, well, I heard Jimmy somewhere Carter. that yeah, it's probably the Aztecs and the Incas. They yeah. aliens invented everything, but then later it was resurfaced. Okay, much like the Book of Mormon. And there is <laughs> yeah, golden glasses. Google it, Joseph Ba-dum-boom. Smith. So there is Dr. Kellogg. Apparently, sold peanut paste as an alternative for protein. Kellogg, the anti-masturbator. Kel- anyway, it doesn't matter. Let's move on to our story by Dr. Kellogg. Oh my God, he was probably doing the whole. I bet he had a he peanut probably, butter dog situation happening. Peanut butter dog situation. If you don't know it, Google it right now. Press the pause button. Five, oh four, three, God. two, one. Okay. So now this is a story of Mr. Reese. Yes, it's true. He was a Mr. Wow. Um, Hen- Harry Burnett. Harry Burnett a- But Reese? I think he was known as HB because why wouldn't you be HB, right? Absolutely. And he was a Gemini born in 1879. Okay. Right. So... 1879, I won't give you the full history, but he was kind of a cool guy. He was a farmer. Uh, he did lots of stuff. He ended up meeting his his wife, and they had 16 children. That's a lot of babies. I don't even understand That's basically what you're saying. During your years of giving birth. You're she, only pregnant. She's only always. pregnant for the whole time. How is that vagina even like? I don't know, but he was, so he, uh, listen, this guy was a, he was, he was a worker and he had a family and he wanted to support his family. And I mean, the, I mean, come on, 16 kids, the wife is like either <laughs> pregnant or constantly caring for a school of children. Yeah. He needs to make like a so hundred million dollars a year. He's a farmer. He was from Pennsylvania, right? Um, I mentioned he was a Gemini. <laughs> I'm a Gemini. 
Um, anyway, so he worked at some Frosty Hill, something Frosty. That's where he's from, Frosty Hill, Pennsylvania. Okay. And then he got in the fishing business, right? When he's like 20, 25, something like that. He was in the fishing business, and that didn't work out. Then he took a factory job. It's like, okay, whatever. Whatever I got to do to support my family. Right. Then okay. now this is, to feed. So then he was promoted to manager. Now, he's almost 40 here. This is like where the story picks up. Okay. He's almost 40. He's like, what the hell? I mean, I'm just paraphrasing what he, what's going on in his mind. Totally. As a current 40-year-old with <laughs> wondering when this damn podcast is going to take off. It is. Uh, and so he decides to make his own candy company. Okay. He's like, this farm or something that happened they it went under so he's like oh my god here i am back at the drawing board right so he starts his own candy company right uh he makes chocolate in its basement chocolate covered raisins chocolate covered almonds yeah fluff said oh you know what and he made um i'll get to this later and so it flops yeah oh my god like come on i opened the candy company all my children and Uh, yeah a lot of people don't like raisins. I think it's a I big mistake a to make raisins the crux of your business. So listen, so the company flops back to, this is where I'm at now, like our restaurants, mm-hmm. you know, whatever, they're gone. And then you're like, oh shoot, I got to like, he goes back to a paper mill, factory worker. Wow. From being your own boss. We know what that's like. Yeah. We yeah, are. We're still totally. our own boss. And he has like it. a basement full of like chocolate covered raisins. He's yep. like, what am I going to do with all these? So then he gets a job. Oh, interesting. He gets a job at the Hershey factory in the shipping department. What? Mm-hmm. Yep. A job in the fishing. The fishing. Yes. Uh, the <laughs> Hershey factory. So then something happens and he's like thinking. He said that he thought while he was working on a farm, a dairy farm that was owned by Hershey. He said, you know, if this chocolate company can sell millions like every day and every yeah. week and because Hershey was a very big company at that time. Sure. He said, I bet I can do enough to just pay for my own bills. Wow. That's what he said to himself. He's He goes again. He starts making. Now he's like, he's got fervor. He learned from his mistakes. He had a few years to process this. He's like, I am going to make candy again in my basement. And then suddenly he named it after his daughter, the Lizzie bar, the Johnny bar. Aww. And people thought it was really cute. In fact, he used his ch- his children and his whole family as one of his marketing slogans and it said 16 cute or something like 16 good reasons to eat candy or you know his candy. Oh, that's cute. That's um, good. so yeah, I, and I think he had changed the name his first candy company that failed was called R&R Candy Company. Okay. Didn't work out. So then now things are picking up. He's making money. He's like what the heck is going on? I've what? like this is his dreams coming. That's yeah. true, right? And he says 1928 he, I don't know how I could not find uh, parts of the story, but he was like, oh, we'll throw this chocolate peanut butter cup. He had an assortment and he would sell boxes of candy. Whoa, to, like a Russell Stover Like kind a of Russell thing. Stover kind of a thing. Box okay. of candy. It was an assortment. He would sell it pre-packaged to department stores and check this out. So now it's getting good. And he hand dipped all of the chocolate and picture this Yum. folks, 1920s and ladies, four ladies per marble table is what, how the story reads, are in window window shops in pennsylvania and dipping hand dipping fun and they're probably making have like fabulous outfits and people are walking by and they're like we're hand dipping your chocolate peanut butter cup that's so classy classy right oh god so and then so he starts you know doing these peanut butter cups and people are loving them it's like the favorite thing you know when you get absolutely like nobody likes the raspberry fluff thing Ag- agreed. Yeah, you know, like raspberry. nougat. You bite in. You... I like the nougat. You say nougat. 
No new god. <laughs> Nobody likes the you new god. Have you not? Oh. <laughs> you not heard of new god? <laughs> Just <laughs> frustrated. <laughs> so check this out. So oh, the factory's going. Things are happening. 1942, yeah. World War Two. Oh, He's got a. Sh- he can only focus on one product. Oh my god. So they're like, because I think factories were forced to make. War things. Yeah. Oh yes. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I sound very war yeah. things. War, war things, things like mad. bandoliers and <laughs> like guns and strapping <laughs> bolts for men <laughs> traversing across France and Germany and all parts of the Japanese forefront. Okay. So check this out. So then he focuses on the chocolate peanut, the winner, the one that everybody picked out first, the winner. So you know now that's basically the story. Now Smart. listen. 19, he, this is uh, this is sort of our low. I guess the whole point of the story, the low is like this guy worked his butt off farming, doing whatever he had to do. Yeah, gave it a go. Which was, it's actually kind of sad. And then finally, when his company was really going, and Hershey's acquired it, they were really good friends. Hershey supplied the chocolate for the peanut butter. Oh, really? And check this out. Luck behold him that during the World War II, there were rations on food, but not peanut butter. So he got uh, lucky. Really? Mm-hmm, he got lucky. Why? Why do you think that is? Because peanuts are cheap. I guess so. And so now listen to this. This is where it's a little bit of a tragedy. He decides to move his factory into the state of the art facility in 1957, I think. And he dies of a heart attack suddenly in 1956. Oh my Never God. saw his final factory as we knew it. Are you serious? Yeah. He was 77. He was 70, oh. But weird. which in a heart attack. But still, I think like he was going. I guess he was a healthy guy. But the best part about the story was that he, when he built his factory, he built a, he bought an area on the eastern coast of, of, um, Pennsylvania? Near, no, 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 Maryland. Oh, okay. Probably, but he, he, you know, he knew, he was in the fishing business, so he knew a little bit about this. And he had all of his employees could use it for a dollar a day and they would have meals and lavish, he'd have like country walks. It was like a little retreat for his employees. That's amazing. And he treated everybody well. So let that be a lesson to so all you. he was a good dude, but good then dude. he... You know, I wonder what kind of, like, now that Hershey's chocolate, don't sue us, in my opinion, is not of the best quality. Oh. It's almost like plastic. Yes, we're not really going to. I still love peanut butter cups, but I wonder if, like, back in the day, like, how much better a peanut butter cup was than it is now. I mean, it's already pretty fucking delicious. I wonder, delicious. It, like, perhaps the chocolate was purer, perhaps they put like, less fillers in after the 1950s, like, in the 1920s. Yes. What did that chocolate taste like? Exactly. That's what I want to know. And, like, th- that being said, like, I love it now. Like, I have no issues with it. But I am just saying. Yeah. I mean, that's that. So, anyway, I guess the long story short. Oh, and check this out. There's, you won't even believe these numbers. Uh, 1.8 billion shares of Hershey's um, provide annual cash dividends of, this is according to Wikipedia, yeah. <laughs> my number one source for hot news information, uh, <laughs> cash dividends of $42 million a year. And it's $2.6 billion of sales. Just on, on the peanut butter on cup? On Reese's peanut butter cups. This is insane, Oh, my folks. God. That's incredible. So there you go. Chocolate peanut butter. Who would have thought, you know? I mean, it's a really great... Co- like, is there a better combination than chocolate peanut butter? It's the, it's the candy I'm taking to my grave. Peanut butter does have Ooh. a lot of other good combinations, though, because it's like peanut butter and jelly, obviously. Yeah. Peanut butter, banana. Delicious. Thai peanut sauce. Yeah. Don't like, even get me started. But I mean, peanut butter and chocolate is probably one of my favorite things. Mm-hmm. Um, a Reese's peanut butter cup is absolutely my favorite candy. And I just want to put out there, I don't know if anybody remembers this. I don't think they're still around, but there used to be 
peanut butter cups that had a piece of like cookie in the bottom. Oh yeah, there there's a whole list of all the things. They Do you did. have any like weird ones on there? I don't know. That was I know I should have looked, but there was like white peanut butter cups. There was I don't like double the white crunch, ones. double stuff, double high. You know, chocolate bits. The regular bits. one is good. Although, you know what? I also really like the fun size ones. Actually, have like a great texture to them. Well, originally he had developed them in one, three, and five penny versions. Of oh, the cups. really? Mm-hmm. So you could get like. De- oh. Sorry, I'm, <laughs> that was for OnlyFans.com. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Join our Patreon page, and you can find out more about peanut butter cups. That is amazing. You can find out my favorite way to eat a peanut butter cup when my puppy's right next to me. <laughs> Uh, whoa, weird. <laughs> wow. Sorry. Right. That's a great story. Right? I want to hear what the hell do you have? Okay, so the high sorry, story. Sorry, I, I don't like to swear. I'm so, no, I'm so sorry. That's, I mean, what you, the... you do swear a lot outside of the podcast. I don't swear in public. I do? Absolutely. I don't I'm going to fix do... this right now. You swear a lot. You say oh my God, all I'm... the time. Oh, my God. I feel... And bitch and cunt a lot. You say cunt often. Oh, my God. God, you're not supposed to be telling people this. Whatever. This is the behind the scenes. This is the behind the music. Well, Brett and Scott supposed to pay can't for this. stop saying cunt. <laughs> what the <laughs> fuck did that? I apologize. Oh my god! <laughs> like Sue Simmons. Sue Simmons. I oh, there was that woman. <laughs> I apologize for my behavior. I have been very stressed at work lately, and I took it out on you listeners. And from <laughs> this point forward, I have turned over new leaf and my positive oh my affirmations. Dude. You're right. Go ahead. Sue Simmons. Okay. So the high that I want to discuss this week since on our Halloween creepy episode is about uh, the famous actor uh, Vincent Price. Oh. Does everybody know Vincent Price? I feel like some of you listening might not, but you all do, whether you think you do or you don't. Vincent Price was very famous in between like the 50s and I want to say late 70s was the kind of the height of his career. Although his last film is probably what you guys all know him the best for was uh, Edward Scissorhands. I mean, he he made the Well, everybody made the movie in that he one. But it was all perfect. Yeah. Very interesting. I'm not doing it well. Um, an amazing Vincent Price thing when I was like looking through stuff that I had forgotten about. Did you ever see on Saturday Night Live when Bill Hader did Vincent Price and he would do Vincent Price's like Halloween special and have like, it's, we have to watch it after this. It's pretty much the funniest thing I've ever seen in my entire life. Um, He's trying to like throw a Halloween special and like no one's playing along and like Mm. Liberace, Fred Armisen plays Liberace in each Uh, one. Oh my gosh. It's perfect. It's really funny. All right. So anyway, Vincent Price was uh, kind of like the master of, in ways of horror. He was in a lot of like interesting, like, B horror movies. Mm-hmm. He's also the voice in Michael Jackson's thriller. Of course. That's what everybody, you know, uh, he was obsessed with that at ground Poe and like read the Raven. And you know, he's been, uh, he had a wonderful narrator's voice. He did. And it was very high. Uh, kind of, it was like high and low at the same time. Mm, it was like, yeah. a little, I can't do very it. Very musical. Yeah. I, I, I... <laughs> it was very theatrical. Yes. Nobody so, can recreate that except, what we might not know about Vincent Price. What don't we know? Is that he was also a gourmand. A gourmand, yes. you say. He a, loved food and he beverages. He loved food. And so I'm going to tell you a little bit about the background of this wonderful man. He, and I will also tell you about what a wonderful man he was. He was like a great, great human being. Um, 
So we all know, anyone that knows Vincent Price knows him for horror. I was actually surprised to find out when I came over here maybe like six months ago mm-hmm. and I read this like amazing book you have, which I'm going to talk about in a minute, a I compilation yes. of like fabulous recipes. Uh, and it said Vincent Price on it. And I was like, Vincent Price like wrote a cookbook and I couldn't believe it. So anyway, Vincent Leonard. I found that book at the Strand. You did? Yeah, years ago. How I was much like, was it? Uh, like $2. Really? Yeah, it was like- on the bargain hunt. That's amazing. Well, I it just, was out of print back then, and they they, right. put, it, they put it back, now so it used $50. to be worth dollars. Yeah, I, I tried to order a used copy from Amazon. It's fifty bucks. So Vincent Leonard Price Jr., born May twenty seventh, nineteen eleven, mm. died October twenty fifth, nineteen ninety three. October twenty fifth, nineteen ninety three. Right wait, before he, Halloween. Wait, he died in ninety three. Yeah, he died right wow, after they've gone made, that long. I know he died after right after they made Edward Scissorhands. I feel like he's still alive. I know that sounds weird. He's alive in all of our hearts. And the Michael Jackson song. Absolutely. And Edward Scissorhands. Um, so he's born and raised near St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, he had, he like kind of came into food. His grandfather developed like a cream of tartar based baking powder. Mm, yes. And his dad actually was the head of the uh, the president of the National Candy Company. Oh, really? Yeah. Which like I don't really even know what that was, but I just kind of think it's really funny. Like. First of all, that you just did Reese's. And second of all, that like... Yeah, the National Candy National Company. Candy Company and like Halloween. He's like been spooky since forever. So he started off in the late 30s as a character actor and was kind of just popping up and ghouling around and different things. His first film is a movie called Service Deluxe in 1938. And he also played... One of his most famous roles was playing Egghead in Batman in the old Batman series. And I thought this was amazingly funny. So with the one with Adam West and Burt Ward. Um, and so after they would finish shooting a take, since his character is Egghead, he would take like a dozen eggs or more and start just like pelting the different like cast members with eggs. That kind of hurts. Yeah, because he was Egghead and they would kind like, of is the and they would opera. be like, they'd be like, stop it, Vincent Price, stop throwing eggs at everyone. And he would do this every single time. He was in a scene, which was every time he they just, shot. Uh, and so they would be like, Vincent Price, stop that. And he would respond, quote, with a full artillery, uh, with a full artillery, not a chance. And then everyone would just have an egg fight. An egg fight. Yeah. So well, he would cause egg fights. That? I know. He was a menace to society and he was just running around like a cute little boy on the set. I mean, he was a grown man, but. Wait, how old was he then? Like a human grown up. He was like in his, I don't know, 30s or 40s probably. Really? Like yeah. A full on adult. Full adult. Just like some gray hair. Eggs. Yeah. Gray chest hair is beginning to start. Yeah. So anyway, he was uh, a horror film, horror film icon. He was uh, most famously known for the House of Wax and then, of course, the House on Haunted Hill, which the, ha- the yes. original one was his like biggest role. Um, so anyway, he was also very involved in the art world and he did what I thought was kind of like this really interesting side fact. He ended up working uh, for Sears Roebuck for like, or just Sears as we know mm-hmm. it. And he compiled a whole thing of like art knock of not knockoffs, but of prints of like the most famous artists like Dolly, Whistler, Picasso. And uh, they would come in these like gorgeous, like perfect frames. Oh, that's and really- he hawked them and people could buy them like on layaway. Really? Yeah, because he was like involved with art his whole life, and that so, so cool. he so decided to do that. Kind of like the modern, you know, uh, Vincent Van Gogh at Target. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Except 
yeah, much classier. Much classier. But I, I was wondering, I'm like, oh my God, I wonder if you could, I mean, obviously you could probably find that, but I would do anything for like a Van Gogh print that Vincent, Vincent Price, Price had like was, curated. Yeah, I mean, exactly. A collectible from Sears. What year in like 1950 something? I think it was, was in the, it was in the sixties. Sixties. I think oh, I would pay more for that than I would for like an actual Van Gogh. It's oh my just so God. cool, right? We if anybody the tr- out there has one, please send it to me. Yeah, for free. Thank you. So later in life, in like the 60s, he reveals to the world that he's a gourmand. Right. And uh, Is he making a lot of money by this point? He's making a lot of money. Yeah, close to he's 50, made it. Right? He's making movies. He's He made tons of he movies. He was fully a successful Hollywood actor. Yeah. Married three times. Mm, yes. um, and his, his middle wife was the one that he... Actually, it was really funny. I was watching the... I'll tell you about it later, but I was watching this Johnny Carson clip mm-hmm. and he made some like joke. I have to look up what the quote is. I'll, I'll uh, put it on our Instagram. But the quote was like really funny. It was about something like not being able to keep something in his pants. He made like a sex joke. It was amazing. Vincent. Yeah. yeah. And then Johnny Carson was like, me neither. Not only was he a gourmand of food. Yeah. He's like, look at this eggplant. Look at his freaking eggplant. Yeah, he yeah, turned yeah. into Ronnie Dangerfield all of a sudden. <laughs> <laughs> so in 1965, his wife marrying him uh, put out yes, this, this cookbook that you have called The Treasury of Great Recipes. And it is a leather bound book. Yes. That has hundreds and hundreds of recipes and old vintage menus, which is like Brett and I's like favorite thing ever, a good vintage menu. If I could put our pers- my personality and yours too, I guess, yeah. into a book form it would in be my that. life, it would be that book. Yeah. It's incredible. So he has recipes from all over the world and a lot in America and a lot in New York. And then he gets he gets the old menu and then he gets the recipe from the restaurant. So it's not like a cookbook that he wrote himself, but it's inc- it is incredible if anyone has an extra fifty dollars laying around buy it it's really really cool it's very special um i was reading through some of the menus before with brett and like every single one has like they're all like 60s menus they all have tomato juice on as the first course it's like you can get caviar or tomato (laughs) juice when my very first brett and buttered video which you can google on youtube uh i feature the book as my favorite cookbook and oh really specifically to point to my favorite which was the White Hall or the White Hall, I think. Yeah. And it was called the White Hall Chocolate Roll. Yes. <laughs> a chocolate roll. They have that fabulous. recipe in that book. Yeah. And it, I loved it. And when I opened my restaurant, that was the first dessert I put really? on. Yeah, yeah. That's I modified so awesome. the recipe, but yeah. That's really, really cool. I was actually wondering, I went to, um, uh, whatchamacallit? What the hell is that There's like my mom. Like, you know, the thing and the thing. No, that my one brain. Place. The lobster, uh, not the lobster, club, the grill. I the went grill. to the grill a couple of weeks ago. And, uh, you know, the waiter was talking to me about how Mario Carbone researched and researched like all of this stuff for like years coming up with the recipes they have at the grill. Because they're it's like has a retro vibe mm-hmm. without yeah, being yeah, yeah. too, I don't know. It, it's per- It's good. I, I really enjoyed it. But then when I was reading through this cookbook, I'm like, I wonder how much of this uh, probably this a must lot. have been a there big was a, a couple chefs in denver when i was there that had done two nights of many of the recipes from this book oh really in fact they might have even cooked through the whole book over the course i can't remember the exact thing that's but amazing they, i think they own a restaurant called rioja oh wow which is in denver very popular that's so cool i was really missing brucey actually because i was like you know what this would have been a perfect thing to do for halloween this year and just done a meant like a of menu. course yeah i mean you could just it's so fun yeah so anyway, he does that book. Um, and then he and his wife, Marion Vincent Price, present a national treasure treasury of cookery. 
So it's basically the same thing, except it's just American restaurants. Um, and then they do Mary and Vincent Price come into kitchen, come into the kitchen cookbook, a collector's treasury of America's great recipe. Again, a very similar book. All these three are these three first ones are all pretty much the same. So 1965, 1967, 1969, they're just like putting out cookbooks, putting out cookbooks, putting out cook cookbooks. And then in 1971, he puts out a book on his own with his own recipes called Cooking Price Wise with Vincent Price. Uh, I don't have that book. I just, ordered, I just ordered it. What? You ordered it? You beat me to it? Yeah. If anybody has that book, uh, FedEx next day it to me. I need it by it's, tomorrow. It's coming to me tonight. I need a courier service in New York. Find it to me. It's Bring coming it to me, to me now. tonight. Um, Here it is. So They're cooking <laughs> price wise, the the whole thing about like the cooking price wise book, which I thought was really, really interesting and amazing is that his he wanted to make sure that he could kind of translate to the world that there was other flavors to Americans, that there are other flavors and other ingredients that they were missing. Um, but the whole thing was that he needed uh, all the recipes to be able to be accessible from things you could buy from the supermarket. Oh, yes, so of he course. was like, very practical. He was very practical. Okay. He was a gourmand and he had fancy taste, but he wasn't a snob. He was also like no. for the everyman. He was the, he really was the because perfect Because I think human. he worked, because he worked his way. He was a, probably a nobody yeah. at one point. You he know? wasn't like a dick. Like he wasn't like, oh, I'm writing this like fabulous re- uh, thing of world recipes. He had a very, he was very down to earth from what I can D-T-E. gauge. Yeah. Like even when he's doing these like other cookbooks with like all of the most fabulous fancy restaurants in the world, he was still still put that chocolate roll recipe. in. <laughs> yeah. But he would still write like in the, in the, you know, little excerpts and stuff. Like just his language was that you should... this is fun to aspire to. Yeah. You know, if you can't get here, that's okay. I read the introduction last week. Yeah. It's kind of funny. Really? It's a little, it's, it's very 1960s. It's not, it talks about equality of men and women, but then it talks about how the ladies were like this and the men, you know, it's just, oh, right, for, right, right. it is very traditional. Yeah. I mean, that was, you know, totally. very Hollywood Regency, Hollywood Regency folks. Yeah. He was really an awesome There guy. is a couple of pictures of his kitchen in that cookbook. Oh which my God. Google image that right now. I'll put some up on the Instagram. Okay, cool. The, where the, what? I'm the old Instagram and we're, I'll put them on the Instagram. I don't know why I just suddenly talked. Put them talked, on pets.com. Um, so he, okay. So he's quoted when he's talking about describing this cooking price wise oh, book, yes. he goes, quote, people always seem afraid of food from other countries. They'll eat spaghetti. For instance, if it comes out of a tin chopped up short and smothered in tomato sauce, but the real thing, Chef no matter Barry. how available it is, is quite beyond them. So that sounds kind of like a little bit like judgy, but really like, that's just the first part of the quote. And then it goes on to say about how he, Oh, that is really that's he just really wanted cool. yeah, to yeah, like yeah. he wanted to get people to like learn about be food. curious yeah he wanted people to be curious so i'll just go through a couple of the chapters potato recipes meat recipes bacon recipes rice recipes cheese recipes coffee the culinary legacy of the price family the beginning of the price family culinary legacy vincent's culinary journey begins the culinary legacy continues wait that's the those are the chapters yeah in, wait in the price wise cookbook yeah all right well Fast forward to life. I need to see this cookbook. Anyway. I know. I can't wait. Um, so anyway, he was just like a good dude. Um, so he also was kind of like one of the first people that introduced the celebrity element of cooking and famous oh, chefs. Yes, yes, yes. Into yes. like translated that. So with the first cookbook that him and his wife put out, it was like going to restaurants they liked, getting the recipes and, you know, 
mingling with the chefs. Talking with the staff. Exactly. He was kind of like the pioneer of food entertainment. Like a pre... Who was the, what did Anthony Bourdain said? He goes, somebody already did this before me. I don't remember. He was talking about people that have already done that. Right. He was yeah. just like really on the cusp of like realizing... I, he was on, you know, one of the first people to realize that there was a, a thing there of like the taking the chef from behind the kitchen and making them a star. Um, yes. Yes. So then he also did the cooking price wise in a television show, which is impossible to find there. It is nowhere. We are going to have to contact. There's some website called like retro TV. Okay. Cause they were the only retro TV has access to a lot of old things. And they had the Diani Lucas cooking show. Oh, wow. Which I, We'll talk about. It. I think I might have mentioned it, but we'll talk. That's a whole different. How topic. fun! Yeah, we need to get to see this because I couldn't find any. It was nowhere. But what well, I- listen, if anybody knows out there, if you're listening, and if you, internet savvy, hunter treasure finder people, you can just uh, DM us on yes, Instagram or life's a banquet show at gmail dot com. I would do anything, but I did find two videos of him cooking. The first one that I found was of him and Wolfgang Puck. Who basically in this video, which must have been in like, I don't know, the early 80s. Yes. Looked like Roseanne Barr. Wait, like he, he looked, did? Yeah. He just like looked like a tubby housewife. I didn't know he got fat. I picture him as so He had like a bowl a- cut and he was like wearing like a lavender shirt. And he was All with right, Vincent need- Price. It's so funny. And they make like salmon with a red wine sauce and like garnished with like little bits of chopped tomatoes. I was like, this is so Wolfgang Puck was like one of the first like majorly famous celebrity chefs. And he put chopped tomatoes on it. As a garnish and like curly parsley, I couldn't even deal. But Vincent Price was so charming and funny and fun. The second I mentioned earlier, it was when he was on Johnny Carson. Guess what he he makes? What? He makes trout steamed in the dishwasher. What? (laughs) That sounds like something... (laughs) (laughs) okay sorry that was very loud so he makes trout he makes uh trout steamed in the dishwasher that is fantastic he wraps it up in foil and places and puts some lemon slices inside of it and then steams it in the old dishwasher on the heat cycle and then they eat it there you go uh it's clean yeah and it, super clean. Yeah, another thing that he, like I noticed in both these shows, like he's like cooking and he's also wearing like an oven mitt on his hand like the entire time. He oh, never yeah. takes it off. Well, you, one he probably had a nasty burn at yeah, some point. At some point he did. So his daughter uh, was the one. His daughter Victoria was the one who kind of like brought back like reissuing these cookbooks. And, I know. I I tried to contact her. Yes, you were I saying that. I, I she has a, a talk. She was on a podcast. Yes. So she was on a talk on NPR and this is where I kind of got some of these quotes Aha, from. Yes. Nice. Um she says of her mother, her mother was a wonderful it was wonderful at seating people next to the right person with whom they needed to connect. And my father always brought such joy to every occasion. People people felt special, cared for, connected and like they had shared an incredible experience of their dinner parties. So we need to be like Vincent Price. I mean, all of us. He sounds like the most incredible person, really, of all time. Um, so anyway, he also recorded a bunch of audio cooking tutorials, like dinner in Versailles, delights from the Sultan's pantry, dinner at the Casbah, 
<laughs> Classic Spanish cuisine. The Bard's Board and Block. That's another cookbook he has? Food Classic. of the Gods. These, no, are all- these are all audio uh, cooking tutorials. The audio cooking tutorials. Which I think is kind of maybe something we should do. Okay, we need to if find... If anyone wants us to do that, please. We actually... I have a whole business plan uh, available for $149 for your <laughs> th- th- three easy installments of $149 10 times a year. Amazing. <laughs> then he also, the, Brenton, he recorded an audio wine course. You want to know what it was called? What was it called? Yes. Uh, the Price Guide to Wine. No, it was called Wine is Elegance. Well, how about that? I mean, he was really incredible. And then he was also like super outspoken, like politically. Um, He said uh, on an old time radio episode, he denounced racial and religious prejudice as a form of poison and claimed that Americans must actively fight against it because racial and religious prejudice within the United States fuels support for the nation's enemies. Well... He was also supportive of his daughter, Victoria, who was, came out as a lesbian. Um, and he was an honorary board member of PFLAG, Parents and Families and Friends of Lesbians and Gays. He's gay, friendly on top of it? Yes, and his daughter also said that she thinks he like had relationships with men. Well, well now we get Which to... is great. He was just like a really... He was a renaissance man, and he died of lung cancer on we October had... 25th, 1993 at UCLA Medical Center at the ripe age of 82. 82. And he also has two stars on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and one star on the St. Louis Walk of Fame. Well, that's a secret. That's like the real actor's goal. Yeah. Anyway, so I just thought like he had such a, he was such an interesting guy. Like he wanted to be spooky and scary and he was, but he was also so like unhelpably like sweet and tender. He was a lover of life. He loved life. Mm-hmm. He was the most awesome. Like, may we all be a little bit more like Vincent Price every day. May we all be like Vincent Price. He's my he's my patron saint. Yeah, next to well, wow, Auntie Maine. What two nice nice guys, right? The two nice guys. H- I wonder if they knew each other. H. B. Reese. I don't know. Maybe you know. Yeah. H. B. Reese. They're like, oh, how do you make your chocolate? Maybe Show they us. cross paths in uh, Big Candy in the candy world in Candy Oh, Land. that's right. Yeah. Well, you know my father. You remember, my, you remember Mr. Price back from 1895? He was your president. Oh, I do remember Ooh. that. <laughs> well, so that is just, just something else. Amazing, right? right? Well, I'm, I am so excited right now. I'm going to get ready to listen to. I'm going to try to find those. I know we those have audio to. recordings. We have to. So, top five this week. What do you think? Top five favorite, or top three rather? Top three favorite candies. Yeah. Go ahead. Sorry, you first. Um. Okay. I guess my third favorite. And we can't say peanut butter cups because we already talked about it today. Okay, fine. That's it a given. Is. It's everybody's favorite. Mm-hmm. I guess number three, Milky Way Dark. Okay. Um. Number two. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Peanut M Ms. Mm. And number mm-hmm. one, mm-hmm. which I actually might like even better than peanut butter cups. Yes. Butterfinger. Butterfinger. What the I, fuck is a Butterfinger? Layers of foyotine crisp crunchness with maybe peanuts? It's kind of like too classy to be a candy bar. Like it's actually way more complex than I think anyone gives it credit yeah. for. Gosh it's darn it. Fabulous. What? It's so crazy. Okay. My top three candies are number three, Sour Patch Gummy Worms. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I know. Wow. Yeah. Don't judge. 
I'm not. I just didn't realize they had gummy worms. Um, number two, Reese's Pe- Reese's Pieces. Oh God, I love a Reese's Pieces. I know. I really do. I really do. And They're really good. Number one, I'm just just because I'm like trying to retain my youth and pretend I'm a millennial and like a throwback person. Pop Rocks. Oh wow! Yeah. Really? Yeah. And that is your number one favorite candy. No, but I just you right just now wanted it to is. say it. I just want to say it. Okay, cool. <laughs> but Pop Rocks are really <laughs> listen. Everybody, Pop Rocks are cool. What's your least favorite candy? On the count of three. One, two, three. The Neckos. Tootsie Rolls. Oh. Tootsie Rolls? I once wa- I was a waiter at the Ritz Carlton in Chicago. I've mentioned it before. And uh, I waited on the air of the Tootsie Roll factory. And she, <laughs> she kind of looked like a Tootsie Roll. She was like short and squat and she was nasty. And she lived upstairs and she like lived in the hotel. And oh my God. She was very fussy. But I, I try to make my way into her little Tootsie Roll heart. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> it's like you put her in your pocket. How many enough. licks did it take to get to the center of that? Of a Tootsie, tootsie Roll pop. Roll I never, honey, I never found out. <laughs> <laughs> I was young and didn't know what I, I didn't know my powers yet. I like Tootsie Pops, though. Tootsie Pops. So, tootsie Pops are delicious. Uh, what what are we going to leave our fabulous listeners with? Uh, what are we going to talk about? What should we, what well, should we focus on? I guess our chef on? recommends. Yeah. What too. Do, okay. What's your recommend? I guess a chef, I maybe our chef recommends this week could be tips on how to throw a fun adult Halloween like situation yes like what I was, do you I was do about to say adults? how to make an edible cadaver oh <laughs> oh yeah. yeah yes or what how would you cook yourself if you had to be <laughs> we already did this we one. never did it it never aired we never aired it never aired oh my gosh okay you know what here's the deal let's go through this really quick how to throw a fun halloween party for adults i don't know get some whiskey throw out candy at some children here's the deal halloween d- for a party for adults you're gonna want to get I, are we dressing up or not just have a fall uh, what do they call that dress up like something cute not sexy this year i'm gonna be a koala bear uh i haven't i don't know <laughs> i have to think about it is that adorable I'm you're gonna really be gonna a- be a koala bear absolutely i think i'm gonna be a kitty cat perfect i'm gonna be a kitty cat i'm just gonna commit right now okay let's get down to the real thing of our chef recommends though this week a spooky recommend how, how would you, you cook, cook yourself, yourself if <laughs> you were your own chef uh, well breton since you all right this is the chef talking yeah uh breton you've put on a few pounds but you have lovely marbled body fat right now but you also have some nice muscles so let's see aha yes so what i will do is sever the body in three parts oh. uh the head will be cooked separately the chest and the oh. abdomen will be slow braised shoot and the <laughs> and the legs will be confit and then crisped uh, now, what I'm going to do is uh, braise the belly in midsection mm-hmm. uh, in a really, really nice, tons of rosemary, tons of thyme, mm. right? And the head, I, here's the little, here's a little something. Breton's little gonna, twist. Yep. And there's my twist. We're going to make a persimming pudding <laughs> out of Breton's head. <laughs> you heard it right, folks. I'm going to bake my head in a, <laughs> in the shape of a giant persimmon, right? So that's going to, so listen, so the middle's braised. The legs are being confit, but I guess the same thing. Yeah. Uh, the legs I'm cooking with quince. Okay. It's fall, so I'm kind of you yeah. know, like you hear my theme. Uh, I'm gonna do a classic like East Coast presentation, like quinces, like bounty fruit. Mm. Uh, you know, tons of uh, squash and vegetables around. Now, when I take everything back out, yeah, um, I'm gonna present it with towers of apples, oh, skewered, wow. skewered, slow baked 
stuffed apples. Nice. Stuffed with the uh, the leg confit meat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. So you're gonna. <laughs> what about the penis? I don't. I didn't think about that. <laughs> well, wow. since you've asked. Yeah. All right. The penis will be stretched. <laughs> <laughs> the penis will be f- first salt cured, uh, and then uh, fluffed back up. And we will scoop out the insides and make croquettes out of them. So we will stuff those croquettes back into the penis. Ding dong croquettes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Perfect. And that's it. It's going to be beautiful. And now go ahead, Zara. I'm so curious. Um, Okay. I know she's going to do something. Mine's very simple. Oh, you're just simple. I want to just be braised whole. I want the meat to be scraped off the bone. She just got back from Rome. She's like, simple, easy. Keep it easy. Keep it simple. Braised whole with some savory, some garlic and onion, maybe a couple plum tomatoes. Mm. Maybe something sweet. Maybe some cherries. I knew you were going to put some, some cherries dry in it. Cherries. <laughs> I just knew it. Listen, this is my own body that I'm cooking up. Wouldn't be surprised if you throw some prunes in there. Fine. And some prunes. I knew you were going to put. And then. What's a twist? Braise the whole thing. Pull all the meat off the bone. And then I want it to be tossed with some pasta. I'm actually like visualizing. You, I know. You're doing this to yourself and it's very comfortable. It's, oh, really? It's very real. Go ahead. And then I want it to be tossed with, um, I want to take a pumpkin, roast the pumpkin, take some of the uh, meat out of the pumpkin, oh take the pumpkin God, seeds, you're with the pumpkin. toast them, Yes. grind them up so they're nice and crunchy. And then I want my meat to be tossed with some uh, perfectly al dente bucatini, some bucatini, <laughs> a little bit of the pumpkin, <laughs> the toasted pumpkin seeds, and then I want all of that to be stuffed back inside the pumpkin and you eat it out of the pumpkin, like a, the roasted pumpkin, like a bowl. Ugh. I don't know. You might have won for. I don't. Zara always has that good twist. You're like, <laughs> she's like, well, I thought about this. Well, I have. Been so thinking. basically, I show up to the table. I have skewered <laughs> stuffed apples coming out of giant things like and stretched penis. And you're cu- yeah, and you have a pum- you come out in a pumpkin. Exactly. Wow. Well, oh, there you go, folks. I have Ajita thinking so about it. So you can talk to your. Ch- <laughs> go ahead now, everybody. Parents, moms, dads. <laughs> uncles brothers sisters ask your little ones how they'd like to be cooked for <laughs> halloween and remember kids halloween candy is a it's poison candy is a real thing it is I, so they, be careful. Ha- they did it on my favorite murder this week mm-hmm. you know the thing that I, we had thought about maybe doing poison candy for our topic this week and then so typical they did it on my favorite murder um but also it's never been like verified it mostly was like there was no confirmations Rumors. of anyone actually being poisoned from the candy. Most of the things were just that like people killed their children and then they were like, they got poison candy. But it was like, no, like you poison your kid. So there's that... always a Halloween killing. Yeah. Haven't oh. you seen the movie? Ernest scared stupid. <laughs> no. <laughs> What's your, <laughs> What's your wait? Let's do another top three. We have a little extra time. What are your top three favorite Halloween movies? My top three favorite Halloween movies are... Oh, this is a tough one. I mean, Halloween. Halloween is am- right? amazing. I know that's so stupid and typical to it say that. It could be any scary movie. It doesn't have to be like Halloween. Um, I do like Jeepers Creepers. Great. That's amazing. a good one. Was it Justin Long? I don't I think. Ha- he, maybe I'm making I, that up. Maybe. And then my top favorite movie. Oh, I don't know. I can't say this. Okay. Well, I don't know. Like a Freddy. I just like the Freddy Krueger thing. I do too. I like the original Freddy Krueger because Nightmare on Elm Street. Go and dream, and like that's really scary. Yeah, 
it's really scary to not be able to get out of your own body in your dream. And I know just recently from having jet lag, it really it makes oh. you crazy. Like not sleeping for a while. Like you have to eventually go to sleep. You can't just be like, I'm not going to sleep. That is a very scary movie. My favorite, two of my favorite Halloween movies are both kids movies. Hocus Pocus. Okay. Ernest scared stupid. Mm-hmm. And I guess for scary movies, I have to say pet cemetery. Oh, <gasps> I, or the Shining. Pet Cemetery is so scary that I I walked out of the theater when I was in eighth grade. I know grade we all know this about you, and you got teased, and you were teased. like, "So fucking what?" Oh, another scary I'm movie. Scared. You know what I walked out of? I was very scared as a kid of everything. Oh, <laughs> oh that's a scared. Oh, a scaredy kitty. It's My kitty Whitman. Whitman walked by, and he's got scared of Zara's <laughs> scary noise. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, The Witches. That was the movie that I had to walk out of the theater from. It was like oh, the roll yes. doll book interpretation. Uh, I remember having to like leave the theater. And I also remember going into the haunted house at Disney with my dad and my stepsister and my stepmom and crying and needing to leave and like everybody being pissed at me. That is insane. Yeah. I was always very scared of everything. I was so scared of, st- of stuff when I was a kid that I remember that the Gremlins preview came on on the Christmas vacation tape. Yeah. Because I guess Gremlins is a Christmas movie. And I had to like close my eyes every time up until when I was like a teenager. Yeah. And now I love scary movies. Scary movies are great. You know what? Here's the what you want. When you get a scary movie, you need a big bowl of a shallow bowl of popcorn. So yes. that during And here's this is what we're going to leave you with. Our yeah. favorite uh, popcorn recipe. Oh, yeah. Preston has been devising this popcorn thing where he uses exactly two tablespoons of oil and then he puts it in the pan, and as soon as it sizzles, you drop it in, then you turn the heat off, and you put the cover on, and it pops everyone perfectly. Oh, really? And we got some mushroom popcorn, which is that oh, yeah. the larger, yes. like, when you think of, like, Garrett's popcorn mm-hmm. from Chicago, it's that really uh, voluptuous kernel. Yeah, did it come out good? Oh, my lanta. We used Kerrygold butter, uh. Malden sea salt. I think I threw some rosemary in there, and it was it was popped perfect. I declared. I said, this is the most perfect popcorn. <laughs> I do declare. And we watched a scary movie and. That's perfect. The bowl of popcorn went flying all over. That's amazing. Butter stained couch. <laughs> I think my favorite thing with pop, my favorite popcorn, which I've been saying for a long time. And now that I'm a single woman, it, I can mm-hmm. say with the say utmost it. of confidence. Own it, girl. I will know when I have met my perfect man. When I go to the movies with him. Right. And I reach into the popcorn. Oh my God, it's like Harry met Sally. And his penis or, wait, is, not Harry, is in the pop. Sorry, <laughs> through Seattle. the bottom of the popcorn. I meant Se- Seattle, sleepless in Seattle. Sorry. <laughs> yes. Did you hear what I said? Go ahead. I'll know that I've met my perfect man when? when I go to a movie with him and I reach for some popcorn and he's put his penis through the hole through the bottom of the popcorn. That's <laughs> Zara. There are children <laughs> listening. All right. Well, folks, you it's heard out it here there. First. Creeps and I wackos. Zara. <laughs> Zara's all over the place. I think it's the funniest thing ever. Oh my God, you're going to get like text, mex- text messages from. All I, I just think it, you're just like, oh, wow, what's going to happen next? You reach over blindly for the popcorn. And you're like, what the hell? Is this a penis? Well. <laughs> Covered in yeah. hot butter. And I mean, just the sheer fact that someone could do that undetected. Yeah, next you could to you. actually. You're just like this fidgeting very, around. Yeah, now it's I, awesome. I'm gonna share it. Hey, anybody want some popcorn? <laughs> it has penis yeah. in it, <laughs> and I uh, put some rosemary sea salt in it. I have. Some, I brought my own rosemary lemon salt. <laughs> There's dick in it. Yeah, <laughs> that's the secret ingredient. Well, folks, we bid you farewell. 
Very well. I Happy. hope everyone has a great Halloween. Throw some parties, cook some delicious things, yeah. get some squash, boil some cider. Boo! Yeah. Ah! <laughs> All right. Well, folks, signing off till next week. Hasta la pasta. All of our episodes are recorded right here at Studio 54 at the heart of Fort Fort Green, Green, Brooklyn. Brooklyn. Our rock star award-winning sound editor and producer is Christine Farrell. I'm Zara Tangora. And I'm Bretton Scott. And we'll see you next time. Thanks for listening. (laughs) 